John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, this is Jesus speaking, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now, does it say that he will testify of the Father? No. Testify of Jesus. Am I belittling the Father? No. But everybody has their lane. Jesus chose not to be omnipresent. He could, he could phase in and out of it and disappear as he sees fit. But he chose not to operate in omnipresence. However, the Holy Ghost does operate in omnipresence. He is everywhere and he is powerful, but he's everywhere. But his temple is right here. He will testify of Jesus. Jesus is the word. The Holy Spirit will not go, ooh, look at that hoochie mama, she's hot. He's not gonna do that. The Holy Ghost is not gonna say, she's hotter than my wife, time for new beginnings. He's a God of new beginnings. He doesn't up. You're like, Tom, where have you heard that before? Christians. The Holy Ghost will testify to Jesus. And again, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 14, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. He will testify of the word because he is testifying to Jesus and Jesus is inextricably the word. That's it. There is no other Jesus. You don't like that you're not allowed to fornicate because you're a Christian? Then you're just not a Christian. I listened to Jesse Duplantis preach this, this morning actually. And he's like, I don't even call myself a Christian. Because Christian's man-made. I call myself a Christian. How did we end up putting Chris in there? And he thought the whole message was about, are you following Chris or are you following Christ? Because a lot of times Christianity is just man-made stuff. It's absolutely man-made. But if it's the Holy Ghost speaking, like people get rocked by the Holy Ghost, healed by the Holy Ghost, because that's all the word. How did Paul start his ministry? How did his ministry launch? On his back, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. Acts chapter nine, verse five. Well, I don't really agree with people being knocked on. Okay, then you don't agree with the Bible. You know, I, I, we, had, we, we had 100 people leave this church when I started to pray over people. 100 people left. They were all fine back at the older building because we had no room to pray over people. As soon as we started praying over people, they all left. They all went back to their COVID caving churches. Because we lay hands, I believe that's we're actually commanded in scripture to lay hands on the sick and have them recover. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Is that not correct? Or Mark chapter 16, verse 18, one of the two. Therefore I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Yeah, I can go on and on. First John 1, I mean, first, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 6. The Holy Spirit delivers Jesus, then why is he rejected in most Christian churches? 
They're not speaking in tongues. There's no gift of the Spirit. They're not laying hands on the sick. Why is the Holy Ghost rejected? You know why he's rejected? Because he's actually preaching the word. They don't want Jesus in their Christian churches. And I'm talking about ones that speak in tongues. I'm talking about ones that sing the same songs we sang, who have the same website we have. They don't want the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is preaching Jesus, the Jesus they don't want in their Christian church. Because people will be offended by Jesus. Then what is your church? If your church is offended by Jesus, i.e. offended by the word, i.e. offended by the Holy Ghost, then what is your church, what is your church built on? Sinking sand. Why even have church? What, what's, what are you creating with that? Creating a person who's diet world? They're, and by the way, they're not even diet world. You're worse off at the end than you were at the beginning. If you sit there and inoculate people with a false Christian message, you've made them worse off then than they were when they were unsaved, and they're still unsaved. Because now, not only are they lost, they're deceived and lost. Most people who are lost aren't deceived, they're just lost. Now you've, now you've injected in deception into them being lost by having fresh starts and new beginnings. You know, we're just gonna, how many people wanna know Jesus this morning? Okay, what does it mean to know Jesus? Having been born again of incorruptible seed, which lives and abides forever, 1 Peter 1, 23. Incorruptible seed, the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's the whole verse. If you're not born of the word of God, then how are you born again? Now, let me, let me tell you this, because these are the Christians that I love. Seriously. No, I mean it. This, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic for once. Seriously, these are, these are the Christians I love. The ones that came to this church because their church, they knew something smelled about the whole COVID thing. Their church was locked down and masked and they're just freedom people so they didn't wanna be, be in, in chains. So they come to me, but yet they're still used to their lukewarm, ark style, watered down church. I love you and, and you love me and you're okay and, and I'm okay and you know this Christmas we're gonna cancel Santa Claus and have a big purple dinosaur come in, whatever it is, uh, you know. It's real Christ-like for me to, to pretend that you're not sinning and you pretend that I'm not sinning and we're all in Jesus pretending. This is why it's very, very easy for them to then pretend that COVID was an existential threat to their life and then climate change is an existential threat to your life. So they all come in and then they, they walk into the buzzsaw. This, I never changed. The first time that I preached in Foundation Church, in 2004, something like that, whatever, whenever we started, whenever Charlie came is when Foundation Church started. I was, I was preaching then just like this. I was much better now than I was then, but there's nothing's changed. Still hellfire and brimstone, Kenneth Hagin style faith. That's how I preach. Amen. You're supposed to be wealthy. You're supposed to be well. Hellfire, brimstone. If you're living in sin, you're going straight to hell. On, so it's the full gospel. That's, that's the Bible. 
So these people, they come in here, but they're still, still under, they're, they're still under anesthesia. They're still drugged by their old churches. And I come in, I'm like Narcan. Shut up your nostrils. The nurses are laughing now because they've seen, they've seen people do it. You ever seen somebody get Narcan up the nostrils? I have. Holy moly. But anyway, they come in and they, they're like, this can't be true. But they went and checked the Bible. I know, I have some friends. I'm not gonna name them. I, can, I just saw one of them, a friend of mine here. And they're like, no. And they went, he checked the Bible. You can't run from the word. I will, I will worship toward your, toward your holy temple for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. They may put the name of Jesus on lies, but you can't run from the word. That's Psalm 138 too, by the way. So they went and actually checked the Bible. What does the Bible have to say? Is Tom right? If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God, that can't be true. I was raised that once you're saved, you're always saved. It's not a Bible verse. It's nowhere in the word. Nowhere. I'm sorry, it blows up all your theology, but go and prove me wrong. You can't, you can't, you can't. I've got them all memorized anyway, you better come holstered. I've got it all right here, right here. You don't, well I was told by such and such a preacher. Yeah, the same preacher who's holding a convention now, was it you Jeff that sent that to me? From the, Andy Stanley? Who's having a, by the way, he puts it out. This is on him, not me. I don't do it unless they put it out. You're having a, what is it, a convention? What is it? Yeah, yeah. That, that's how it all begins. Well, it's not very loving, Tom, for you to say things about homosexuals. Listen, I watch porn. I watch porn for years. I've watched thousands of hours of porn. I'd burn in the same hell as the homosexual if I didn't repent of my sin. Is that clear enough? I apply the word of God evenly because that's what God does. But if you're gonna be a pastor who's now going to say that love is acting like a homosexual is saved, then you're gonna to have to act like the pornographer is saved, the liar is saved, the drunkard is saved. The Buddhist is saved because you want, don't want to offend people because telling people that they're unsaved is unchristlike. Is that how Jesus was? Did Jesus tell people they weren't saved? Uh, yeah, all the time. Basically, everybody he ran into. <laughs> Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. That's Jesus talking. That ain't me. That's not very Christ-like. How's that not like Christ-like when it's Christ? <laughs> Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Matthew 23, 27. That's not very Christ-like. That's Christ talking. Why, why, do things, why have you deemed things that are Christ-like unchristlike? 
Hope there's people watching this. That's why I, I love being on CTN, Christian Television Network. I just call them out. I hope, I hope you're watching right now, you COVID-caving CCCs. Why don't you stand in the word? Because if you don't stand now, you strap a mask on, you are far more apt to have a convention with two homosexual speakers. Your dad was Charles Stanley. That how dad felt? No. I watched hours and hours of Charles Stanley preach. You're like, you can't, Tommy, he's a Calvinist. I don't care. If part of it's good, I'll listen to the good part. I don't agree with any preacher 100%. None. Even the ones I love the most, I don't, pre- I don't agree with everything they say. I just don't leave them behind. And I don't rip them in public. Unless you're dumb enough to put out a convention uh, graphic like that, then I'm out and you're going to get it in public. Just like the Bible. Paul did the same thing. I wish they'd just go all the way and emasculate themselves. That's what he said about the, about the Christians coming behind him, sneaking into the synagogues. He wins the whole area to the Lord. And they come in and say, oh, it's great that you, you've been won to grace, but you know what? You need to go get circumcised now. And he goes, I wish they'd just go ahead and, and just go and lop off their testicles, just like the transgenders today. So it's the same demons. Testicles coming off somehow or another. Baby's got to be killed or not born somehow or another. Gosh, dog, I haven't preached this message at all. What am I doing? But the helper, John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit births Jesus. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit delivers Jesus, which is the word of God. So if you're not, if you don't have the Holy Spirit delivering the seed of the word of God, you have no faith. That's why all the churches devoid of the Holy Ghost. They can say whatever they want about Rodney R. Brown. Go ahead. They're full of the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't agree with this, and I don't agree. Who sets you up on the throne of criticism? Have you, have you looked at your fruit? Who is coming to you to hear your criticism? I love why the Christians on social media platforms. That's just so bad that some people have a platform. They, they sit there and they put out all sorts of criticism. And the only person that likes anything they say is like their wife. And they never take a step back and go, what's the fruit? What fruit do I have? None. You're just a critic. Does it mean that sometimes your criticism is correct? Sure, it can be correct, but who cares? What does it do? Nothing. Well, you know, I caught, caught him and they said the wrong thing and I'm just gonna put it out on, on social media. Okay, great. Great, who cares? I understand when there is some sort of theological precedent that has been violated, like homosexuals being called okay. Or saying that there's more than one way, which is the next thing after homosexuality, by the way. More than one way comes next. I, you, well, yeah, then you have, to, you have to call that out. 
These people, they set themselves up and they're, they're, they're on a throne of criticism and there's no fruit that that's what God wants. Where's, where's criticism even in the Bible? Nowhere. Nowhere. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the only way to have faith is the Holy Ghost. Because he brings faith. He brings the word, which is Jesus. John 16, 13 through 15. I usually just read 13 to you, but we're going to go 14 and 15 too. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. You're hearing things that will come in this church today. Warnings about what could happen because the Holy Ghost is bringing it. Doesn't mean it has to happen. He's warning you that it could happen unless you stand. He will glorify me. He will, and just remember, it, Jesus is the Bible. The Bible is Jesus. Jesus is the word. Whether you like it or not, understand if there's a part of the Bible that you don't like, you don't like Jesus. In that area. You're like, well, I'll just, you know, I, I, I love my wife. I just don't, you know, like her shoes. All right, there's an area of your wife you don't like then. You need to acknowledge there's an area of Jesus you don't like. I, I don't like that, you know, he says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, he gives a whole litany of sins. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. I don't really like that because I'm an adulterer. Which you are if you're lusting over other women. Lust of the eyes is the same as lust of the flesh. Matthew 5, 28. Sorry. I don't like that either. Oh, okay. What's it gonna do for you on the day of judgment? Oh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna live in rebellion to what Tom says. I'm, you can rebel against what I say all you want. But if it was a Bible verse, then you're rebelling against God. You'll answer for it on the day of judgment. You can be as right in your own eyes as you want. All the ways of man are pure in their own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Proverbs 16, 2. I always check. Am I right here? Am I right? I check. He will glorify me. He will glorify the word. We're at John 16, 14. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. And see, people want to have giant faith stands. They want to be healed. They want to deliver healing to other people without the Holy Spirit. He delivers the word. He's the power behind the word. You're like, Tom, Holy Spirit this, Holy Spirit that. What do I do? Invite him in. You can't be scared. Yes, he's going to tell you things you don't like, but he's going to tell you a lot of things you do like. Who you are in the eyes of God. How many saved people are in here? Shout amen. amen. Well, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He will tell you that because that's in the word. He'll also tell you from whom much is given, much will be, much will be, command, much will be demanded. In and, and, and Luke 12, 48, he'll tell you that too. And he'll go, oh, I'm not really doing much. There's the conviction. Do you want it or not? You got to invite him in. How many of you pray every day that God would open up the doors for you to share your faith? Is everybody prayed that, even with me, every purple chair in here be full. If everybody in this room prayed that every day, 
every purple chair, even with me. And I know, listen, a lot of you even hesitate to bring people here. I know you do. <laughs> Don't even tell them. Just tell them it's a great church. Don't warn them. Just let the Holy Spirit get them. He'll get them. You notice all that I'm telling you right here is the Bible. Well, it's just your delivery. Well, all right. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you via the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost delivers the word, which is belief, which is faith. It's what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you should believe, and what you shouldn't believe. That's what the Holy Ghost does. Now, can you read it, read the Bible without the Holy Ghost? You can, but your eyes will still be blind. Got to have the Holy Ghost. Got to have, you've got to have the Holy Ghost telling you. Because what happens with a lot of Christians is they read the Bible with their own rose-colored glasses on. They make it, they make it apply to their theology. That's why I told you, the people I love the most are the ones who hear something they don't agree with, go home and check it. In the Bible, not somebody's commentary of the Bible, the Bible, which will speak to you because the Holy Spirit speaks Bible. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's all the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he speaks. He will testify of Jesus. He will testify of the word of God. So that's how you know people are not spirit-led because they do the antithesis of the Bible. They do the opposite of what the Bible tells them to do. There is no filtering the Bible, censoring the Bible, putting your own accents on the Bible. There's no caution with the Bible. It's instant, in season and out of season. Right now, Bible. What does the Bible say? Sickness in the room, sickness must go. The Holy Spirit will preach to you Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. So it must go. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, one through three. That's what the Holy Ghost will tell you. You act on it now. What if they don't want to be prayed? Well, that's fine. Do not lay hands on, don't, don't lay hands on people hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure, 1 Timothy 5, 22. They don't want prayer, don't bring it. I can't stand when I have mainly mothers drag their kids up for be, to be prayed over. He's just such a wretched sinner. Just get up here, and the kids just sit there. <laughs> Useless. And they do it with their husbands, too. Husbands stand there like, well, it's either this, or it's gonna be fighting all day, so I'll let... Let the maniac put his hands on me. I can tell. If I see that, I'm going to pray. Melt him, Lord. Just melt him. It's funny. Watching the Holy Ghost shock people. Because they've never been there before. They don't even, they don't, they don't, they're not ready. It's got nothing to do with me. I'm just telling you from personal experience. I came up and lay hands on him. And it's like they go, <laughs> They have no Pentecostal tradition. 
a lot of us, you know, we're coming up for prayer. Man of God, woman of God's coming up to pray over you, and you go, you know. And you just, you just fall, you fall out or whatever. But these, they have no idea. And the Holy Ghost is literally like being tased. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. When the Holy Spirit is not welcome, the church does not act in faith because the Holy Spirit delivers faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit delivers Jesus, Jesus is the word. So they don't act in faith because they don't act in the word. Here's my list. My fuchsia marker. I I created that in my office this morning. Look at that thing. Aaron thinks he has skills. Look at that. That's supposed to be a straight line too. It's all mountainous. But he's not, the, the Holy Spirit's not welcome. So the word isn't welcome. People don't even know what to do. Some of them I feel bad for because they're just ignorant. They're not stupid. Ignorant is when you don't know any better. Stupid is when you know better and do it anyway. They're ignorant. They don't know. How then can they call on the one they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? They don't know. They don't even know they're supposed to repent. Sitting in an evangelical church. You know, we're going to have a fresh start, a new beginning this morning. Who would like to have a fresh start in your life? I'd like a fresh start. I'd like a fresh start every morning. Get in the shower, have a fresh start. Fresh start. That's not the only crease I check. I can't stand when I tickle myself is that's the problem I get it it makes me start laughing and I'm gonna hear about that one when I get home don't talk about checking your creases let check my creases A lot of people should be checking their creases, you know? (laughs) Dig deep. Find out the truth. The truth will set you free. (laughs) My wife's telling me right now, roll it, move on. (laughs) She's trying to be helpful. Those people in the church, they don't even know they're supposed to turn from sin. They think it's Christ-like to abide in sin because of how gracious they are, which is rebuked sternly in 1 Corinthians 5.13. Rebuked sternly. You think you're full of grace because there's a man sleeping with his father's wife? Expel the wicked man from among you, 1 Corinthians 5.13. You you think it's Christ-like to not repent? They don't even know they're supposed to repent. They, They think talking about sin is judgmental. Which, by the way, you're allowed to be judgmental. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Who said that? That's not Christ-like. Jesus. John 7, 24. Spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. 1 Corinthians 2, 15. We're not, we're not to judge. Only if you're doing the same things. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Read. 
the Bible. Stop making up Christianity. You're making it up. And you're making it palatable for yourself. And many lukewarm pastors trying to make it palatable for the world so they have a giant church. I don't try to have a giant church. There's a lot of people, they run out of here. We'd be full right now if I just toned it down a little. I can't, listen, I've been told before. Hope doesn't bother anymore. She tried. I think she's probably just come to the revelation that she was actually wrong in that area. You know, you just gotta go. No, she she will. She'll probably tell you that. Ask her after. I can't get to her before you do. Ask her after. Because it was at times, years ago, I'm talking about a decade or more ago, she'd be like, you ought not to talk about this, you ought not to talk about that. I'm like, I can't. I can't. I I go go where the Holy Ghost tells me to go. Now, he didn't tell me to go into creases. That was me. (laughs) But other stuff, no. I'm not toning anything down. If you notice, do I sound like or look like or imitate anybody else? No. I I have a very firm pastoral authority in my life. I get called weekly, monthly, whatever from Pastor Rodney R. Brown. Calls me all the time. How you doing? I'm doing it. I can tell when he's like in a hurry because he's got hundreds and hundreds of pastors on him. He he calls himself by no labels. He's an apostle and he's a prophet, but he won't call himself that because he hates labels. But he's got tons of us. Firm authority. If I screw up at all, I'm getting a phone call. Believe me. I saw one time, I was sitting there at, eating lunch with Pastor Rodney with a bunch of other people. Just, I mean, a bunch of tables all around us, probably 30 of us in there. But I was sitting specifically at his table. And Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Jonathan Shuttlesworth will bring, his ministry will be 20 to $25 million this year. He's big. Jonathan's way bigger than people think he is. Big. And he just took over a church in Fort Worth, Texas. Took over a church there. So Jonathan knows what he's doing. And for me, Pastor Roddy's my favorite preacher of all time, most powerful preacher, but Jonathan, to me, is the best pure preacher I've ever heard. So they, Jonathan comes in, and Pastor Roddy's like, I've been calling you, been texting you. Where have you been? And Jonathan, underneath that authority. He pastors his own church with eight, 900 people. He's taken over a church with eight, 900 people. Whatever, I don't know what the numbers are. It's a church that sits that many people. I don't know how many people attend. He's right underneath it. I'm the same way, but I'm, listen, I'm not, I don't try to be anybody. I submit to authority because that's godly. I have a pastor. So should you, even if it's me. You think Pastor Rodney's sweet? You, you, think he, you think he mints his words? No. I told you this before, but he sent me a message to listen to. So I listened to it. He thought it was the greatest thing in the world. He said he calls me back because he, he, he doesn't send you a message and then you don't listen to it. No, you're going to listen to it because he's calling you back about the exact same length of the message later. <laughs> message 38 minutes, he calls you 38 minutes later. <laughs> so I'm sitting there listening to the message just by a preacher everybody's heard of in here. He calls back and I said, well, I'll tell you what, Pastor. I said the first 30 minutes were, were good and the rest of it was crap. 
Yeah, that's what I said. You know why? Because the rest of it was crap. But we, and I don't, we don't agree all the time. And he goes, you and Chris Ann Hall. That's the attorney. That's, one of, that's our attorney too, one of our, our attorneys. You and Chris Ann Hall. Everything's black and white. Everything's hot or cold. I'm just trying to show you some compassion for this. I'm like, it's crap. <laughs> so I got to, he, he was mad at me, like mad at me. But I'm like, I mean, I'll, I, utmost respect to him, but I'm like, hey, it is what it is. But I, listen, I come under authority, you should be coming under authority. Whether you like it or not. I didn't particularly like that conversation. I didn't go, well, I'm gonna put out a text, I'm gonna put out a Facebook post. <laughs> the people in the church, because there is no Holy Ghost, he's not welcome. He brings the word, therefore he brings faith. He brings your yeses and he brings your noes. He brings you how, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, how you should believe and how you shouldn't believe. But they don't even talk about sin because sin's judgmental. They don't even know they're supposed to be powerful. How do you, again, I'm gonna ask you this question. How do you win the lost? Now some of you are getting it. No, it's, God is very specific. How do you win the lost? Power, my message and my preaching. We're not with wise and persuasive words. You know what? I know that you had a tough upbringing. And I know that's what's caused you to struggle in life. No. Power. You walk in with conviction where you have the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and the Sadducees asking, from whence does he get this authority? Where does he get it? That's how you win people. I'm not saying you don't have nice words, you have conversations with people. I do that. But you win them with power. They don't even know they're supposed to be healed or delve out healing. They consider it Christ-like to be sick. Christ-like to be infirmed. Christ-like to be broke. How many of you believe, you can raise your hand if you want. I'm feeling specifically confrontational this morning. <laughs> How many of you believe that it's an attribute to be poor? So if you believe that it's an attribute to be poor, then you're fine with people starving to death every year. You're fine with it, because that's why they starve to death, is being poor. Being poor, poverty is a curse. God doesn't use curses to humble you. You can give all your money away. Why would you not want to be wealthy so you could feed 1,000 people? Rodney Howard Brown feeds 1,000 families a day. In the Tampa area alone. I don't know what he does worldwide. Who knows? Jonathan's the same way. It's over that now. Jonathan maybe at 2,000 people a day. I can't remember. Well, where is that now? Last I heard, it was, over, well, it was over 1,000 per day that they feed. That's because, you know why? Because they have money. We've, we've done the same thing here. We've given out, I don't know, over the years, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, worth, worth of benevolence. What if I believed in poverty? You can give it all away if you want. I'm not giving it all away. I'll give a big, substantial portion of it away. But part of it, I'm gonna enjoy my life. You came to give me life and life to its full abundance, I'm gonna live it. 
They don't even know they're supposed to be set free. How many of you want to be set free? You want to be a free person? I have chains falling off of me daily now. Falling off. It's nice to be free. It's nice to breathe the free air. Yes, that's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> breathe the free air, my friend. <laughs> oh, I'm cracking myself up this morning. <laughs> this afternoon, almost this afternoon. 11.58, everybody still with me? How many of you were raised in Pentecostal churches? Raise your hand. Anybody? I was raised Catholic, but I've been in Pentecostal churches since I was 18. I'm 54 now, so it's almost like I was raised in Pentecostal churches. We go two hours and 20 to two hours and 30 minutes, but I always say that, but then we end up going two hours and 47 minutes. But back, well, listen, when I, was, when I was attending Faith Assembly of God in Orlando, every service was two hours, 45 minutes minimum, because you had worship, then you had the offering song, then you had the offering, then you had the message, then you had to close out and worship. So all of us should be happy that we get out of here like at 1230-ish, somewhere in there. Amen? But they don't even know they're supposed to be set free. You don't have to be an addict to anything, even coffee. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be an addict to anything. People ask me, because I lose the same 40 pounds. I think I'm up to like 47 times I've lost, lost the same 40 pounds. Who knows if I'll stay thin or not? Who, who knows? But they're like, how do you do it? Just stop eating sugar. That's it. All you got to do. I mean hardcore sugar because I'm like a 12-year-old. I don't mean like bread. I eat all the French fries I want, I'll lose weight. I eat all the bread I want, I'll lose weight. I'm talking about hardcore sugar. I'm talking about candy. Tom, you're 54, you eat candy? Yes, all the time. <laughs> candy, cookies, Cokes, love them all. What, what, which, which flavor do you prefer, savory or sweet? Both. I like it all. But I just, weight just falls off of me when I don't eat sugar. Every time I stop eating sugar, I have to, I have to break that chain loose. Because you're like addicted to it. You're addicted to it. I mean, every day, it's two 63-ounce Slurpees. Every day. You're like, Tom, how are you not 600 pounds? Because I move around a lot. Very active person, but I eat, I, I, well, not right now, but I eat terrible. That's the chain that you just, that's simplistic. Some of you are dealing with diff, more difficult bondages than that, medical, med, uh, mentally or physically, emotionally, whatever it may be. You can be free. You've been diagnosed as bipolar, diagnosed as whatever. It's the only one that pops into my mind because I hate all of it, you know, ADHD, all that crap. It's all lies. You can be set free right now. Set free from anxiety attacks. Set free from depression. You can be set free. Nobody in the church tells them because nobody delivers the word of God because the Holy Spirit's not welcome in the room. He's not welcome. So nobody knows they're supposed to be free. They don't know they're supposed to be miracles. I have a whole list here. They don't know they're not supposed to close. You listen, it is not easy for me to be easy on people. A lot of these churches, they didn't even know. They should have known. But they didn't even know. Am I going to hold them accountable anyway? Yeah, because God's going to. But they're so ignorant, they don't even know because the Holy Ghost isn't welcome in the room. The Holy Ghost who delivers the response 
to COVID tyranny or any demonic tyranny at all. Depression is demonic tyranny. Sickness, illness, and disease is demonic tyranny. Tom, how can you say that it can be, it's demonic tyranny? Well, Matthew 17, 17. You unbelieving and perverse generation. You unbelieving perverts is what he said. Everything for us now pervert is all sexual. It's not. It just means you believe wrong. You live wrong. You're perverted. You're deluded. You're delusional. You unbelieving and perverted generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And, he re- and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. He was cured from that very hour. Disciples couldn't do it. Nobody could do it but Jesus. But there's not a soul in this room that's not saved. That, there's not a soul in this room that's saved that can't do that. Gonna, but here's the thing. You're going to have to have your mind renewed through the word of God, through the washing of the word of God via the Holy Ghost. You got to welcome them in. The Holy Ghost is fire. He's going to burn a lot of stuff to the ground. You got to be okay with it. He's God. Why would, you, why would you want statues? Why, why would you want monuments of failure instead of the Holy Ghost? I choose him. But they don't even know they're not supposed to close, not supposed to wear masks, and not inject themselves with vaccines. Show me, well, you see all these Christian leaders? We believe that. I mean, some mega Christian leaders. Some of them that I loved. I still love them, but... It's ruined. You know, we're just praying for a vaccine. Why are you praying for a vaccine? You don't think I heard that? I did hear it. Praying for a vaccine. Why, why don't you just find it? Why don't you preach the word instead of praying for a vaccine? The people who develop the vaccines are the people who are your theological opponents. They butcher the unborn. They push homosexuality. They push transgenderism. They push fornication, and you're going you're gonna to inject their fluid into your body? You're going to pray for the devil to create a fluid? Think about, how, think about how delusional and deceived you have to be to, to pray that prayer. Tom, is that the way you live? Yeah, that's the way I live. I ain't getting no vaccine for nothing. Nothing. Why? Why would I? Why? Flu, oh, flu season? Flu season has nothing to do with me. I soar over flu season like an eagle. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Because he brought the word to me and he said, whatever you bind is bound. That's the Holy Ghost talking. Testifying of Jesus. 1204, everybody still with me? I gotta figure out where to close. All right, where am I at? Ah, here's a good spot. How do I have it? I have 30 pages of notes and I've preached uh, two. (laughs) Aaron tells me all the time, just don't bother with them. Just don't bother with them. You don't need them. Here's where I'll finish. 12.05, try to be praying over people. At 12.15, somewhere in there. Everybody with me? Now listen, to get so you're lively for this last 15 minutes or so together, 
Right now, let's work our triceps. <laughs> Press down and scoot your butt cheeks over to the left or to the right, and you'll get fresh cushion. Have we ordered new chairs? We're not, we haven't ordered them yet? Okay. We're ordered. We are going to do that, right? Is that the deal? See how I know? I don't know what's going on. It tells me everything, but I forget it anyway. We're going to get new chairs and stuff. These are old. So, but it, for some of us, if you got, you know, if you got a whole lot of weight coming down on that bad boy, new chairs might not help, but there are new chairs coming. <laughs> Just scoot back and forth, scoot back and forth. That's how you do it. Then you always have fresh cushion. Finish him with this. The Holy Spirit is not welcome oftentimes. Lord, you are welcome in this place. I prayed that, I prayed that last night or this morning. Well, they're kind of the same. So whatever, whenever I was praying. I pray, Lord, whatever you want. You know, if, if I don't preach, I don't preach. Whatever you want. Yeah, but God, I prepared this message. I don't care. Who cares? Who cares? God's not a respecter of persons. You can just let go. Just take no thought for your life. See, Matthew 6, 25, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you should drink. Take no thought. It's all guaranteed in the word anyway. You'll, you're, you will be supplied to maximum abundance if you believe for it. You can just relax and enjoy your life. So the same thing with church. It's like, God, whatever you want. It's your church. When I get, when I get to heaven, you guys are not going to be running up to me and going, ooh, there was the pastor of our church. You're going to find out. I'm just like you. Same as you. Same as everybody else. The only thing that matters, all you're going to be running, you ain't going to be running to me. You're going to be running to Jesus. It's all, all this other stuff it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we live in Christ, the very person you'll be running to in heaven, the light of heaven. But the Holy Ghost is not welcome, so the church does not know how to act in faith. Church does not know because they don't act in faith because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and the Holy Spirit delivers the word, and he's not welcome in the room. So they don't know what to do. Acts 4, 29 4, uh, 4, through 31. Is this, and then I'm gonna close with competing voices, one, like I closed last week. Is this how the church responded? Now, Lord, look on their threats. Were they threatened? Was the church threatened over the last 42 months of 15 days to flatten the curve? We were threatened. They were threatened. I love all the, the vaccine pimps and whores coming out now saying, nobody forced you to do anything. Oh, really? I can't work? And so they are all coming out and saying that now. People couldn't work. People couldn't access a grocery store. Going broke, their businesses are closed. 60% of the businesses that you saw closed out of compassion are all closed permanently and been taken over by Home Depot and Walmart, which was the plan. So that they can constrict all of your possibilities. So they constrict all your options. So it's very easy to stick you on to CBDC currency and the only place you can go spend your CD, CBDC currency is at five or six outlets in five or six banks. And they don't like what you do, shut you off. Well, I'm, that's why I hoard gold. I'm buying, I'm buying real estate. I got my cabin in the mountains. How are you going to pay your property taxes? They'll come and repo your stuff. That's why you have to stand now. 
That's why you stand now. Everybody always thinks there's some backup plan. There is no backup plan when you got a, right, when you got a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. Because there ain't no Walmart without it. No food without it. And you ain't no deer hunter. Neither am I. I can't kill nothing. I'm the biggest. You, everyone thinks I'm so hardcore. I am the biggest softie. My wife won't even tell me anything. You just don't tell him. Don't tell him. He doesn't want to know. He'll just fall apart. It's true. I can't take it when animals die. Finally got my dog trained enough. I know I talk about my dog all the time. Finally got him trained enough now that I'm like, he starts charging after the next animal he's going to kill. Daggum dog. People come out to me in the neighborhood, people, church people. There's a guy that's delivering packages. I, I don't want to tell you his, his name. You might know him, but whatever. He came up and talked to me in the neighborhood. He goes, I've seen you a bunch of times, but I didn't want to stop and bother you. I'm like, bother me from what? I'm out here walking in the woods alone with the dog. He goes, that's the dog. I'm like, that's him. That's him. I finally got him now where he start charging. Those Malamos can run 40 miles an hour, and he's big. He's a big, muscular death machine who now thinks very highly of himself now. He's starting to fight other dogs all the time or whatever. But anyway, so now I've got him. He's charging. I'm going to go, nope, off, get, and he'll stop and run around it. And he'll, he'll, because he has to get it out of himself, he runs the opposite direction staring at it. Like he still can pretend like he's still going after it. <laughs> My good boy. He's great training for me because I'm not much of an edifier. You have to edify him. Male dogs, you got to edify. Female dogs, you don't. You think you would. They don't. Female dogs are like, you know what? I'm with you. I'm with you. Thick or thin, I'm with you. Male dog, just take off. They'll just take off. You got to edify him. Good boy. Nice job. Good boy. I used to, if he didn't come immediately and he came like 30 seconds late or 10 seconds late, I come, I told you to come. No, whatever you get from him, you better praise him. Great job, bud. Great job. Nice job. Good job. And he just gets better and better and better. Female dog, she's like, I know I blew it. I'll get it right next time, dad. Male dog, just leave. He does. He just leaves. I tried to walk, he attacked a armadillo. They're filthy. So I was gonna wash his mouth out. He just left. Where did I find I found him a half mile away down the road. He just left standing on the road. <laughs> My feeble dog would have just been all right. Is this how the church responded? Acts 4 29 through 31. Now, Lord, look on their threats. So you look on them. It's just a dog barking. Should be terrified of the Holy Ghost. Ananias and Sapphira style. We don't do nothing to them. Church didn't attack those people. Church didn't lay hands on Ananias and Sapphira. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may do what? Speak your word. Not follow the commands of the world. Speak your word. I'm not putting your mask on. I'm not taking your injection. I'm not standing six feet apart. I'm not locking down. Amen. I'm going to preach the word. Now, whether it's popular or not, that's what in season and out of season means. 
by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Instead, you have a healing rooms ministry in Port Charlotte shutting down during COVID. Is that the Bible? No, they're taking, they're taking commands from the prince of the power of the air, and they call it Christianity. Look how compassionate we are. The devil will come dis disguised as a angel of? You don't follow that angel of light. You follow the word. You don't follow angels. You don't follow demons. You follow the word. It's delivered by the Holy Ghost. I don't want to speak in tongues. Just under, then say it out loud. I don't like the Bible. I don't like the Apostle Paul, because that's who says it. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Well, it makes me uncomfortable. Lots of things make me uncomfortable that I'm not right about. Broccoli makes me uncomfortable. I hate broccoli. <laughs> Book of Seinfeld, 21-7, Newman, vile weed. I don't like weightlifting. I've weightlifted since I was 13 years old, pretty consistently. I don't like it. I hate it every time. My wife refuses to go in the weight room with me because I'm grouchy the entire time because I hate it. She goes to her own gym. Hid, her, hid that she was going to a gym for a month or two. Stop laughing, Heather. Listen, if you can get Heather to turn on me, you're powerful. Because Heather refused to tell me. Heather would tell me anything. Heather works for me. I think this doesn't work for her, but she manipulated by hope. I'm like, where's she going? I thought they were all working. I, I thought they were all working out. I thought she was over at Heather's working out in their gym. They're all gone in Port Charlotte. Didn't tell us the first time she's ever like pseudo cheated on me in her life. She's out gallivanting around. Didn't tell me where she was. Nothing. It was over a month, wasn't it? She, she didn't want my opinion. My opinion is stop joining boot camps and everything else. Just walk out your front door and start walking. But that's not what she wanted to do, and she proved me wrong. She's lost a bunch of weight now, too. But is this how the church responded? By stretching out your hand to heal and signs and wonders may be done? Signs and wonders are locking down? I can name anything with this. It's not just COVID. It's not a sign and a wonder to have compassion on people. Only, compassion is to heal their disease, not set up rides for them to go get treatment. If that's what you have to, we've done that at this church more than once. I don't know if we've set up rides more than once. We've, we've taken, have we? I don't know. We've set up rides at least once that I know of. And babysat and everything else and took care of people. We, we will do all that. But the whole time, we, we took care of a family that told us not to pray for her healing. Everyone thinks I'm so hardcore. Still love the people. They're dum-dums. They're not here anymore. If you're watching, is it red? Is it red? Is that the one that's on? If you're watching, is it the red one? Okay. Yeah. You're like, Tom, haven't you asked that question 40 times? Yeah, no, I don't know. You're, if you're watching, you're still a dum-dum. There you go. I'm not holding, but you are. You're dum-dum. Not asking for any. See, I was, I was ordered by the, by the husband, don't tell my wife she's supposed to be healed. All right. We drove them. I don't know if we drove them. We babysat for their kid. Whatever. All the different things for them. Supplied them with food. Everything else. Fixed their car. Of course, then they left. That's how people are. It's the way it is. You still got to love them. 
And I still do love them. They walked in here right now. Welcome back. Yeah, you wasted the last decade, but you know, that's what happens, by the way. Go in and out of places, you waste a decade. You only got 120 years, which most of you don't believe for that, so you got 80 years. You don't believe for it because you hate the Bible. The Bible says you got 120 years. That's what you got. Genesis 6, Genesis 6, 3, that's what you have. My spirit, my Holy Spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, and his days shall be 120 years. The Americans don't believe for it. They'd rather believe the demons at the American Medical Association. Well, that's fine. The ones that want to inject you five times over, fill your lungs full of blood clots, and have you die. If they can't abort you, out, abort you in the womb, they'll abort you outside the womb. And when they had prayed, Acts 4.31, the place where they were assembled together, this is what everybody talks about, but they skipped the last part of it, was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's where all Pentecostals stop. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And that's where everybody stops. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened? And they spoke the word of God with boldness. What is the answer to anything in life? Always, I have a lousy marriage. Love your wife like Christ loved the church. That's your response. Wife, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse before that, submit to one another in the fear of God. That's how you fix your marriage. You ever tried submission? I'm not talking just to the women. I'm talking about all of us. You ever tried submission? Actually try to give your spouse what they want? So I'll finish right here. Way over time now, as usual. Big mouth. Giant gaping pie shoot. I'll finish right here. We'll go Numbers chapter 13. 27 through 33. Worship team, be like poised and ready. Like on the edge of your seats. Competing voices. Remember from last week, there are competing voices. You have the Holy Ghost, you have your carnality, and you've got the devil. Most people aren't run by the devil. The devil's not concerned with people who aren't winning the lost. You're like, Tom, you're always jumping our case. We'll start winning the loss, I'll shut up. It's God telling me to say it. Start winning the lost. Have you doubled yourself yet? Tripled yourself? Quadrupled yourself? I'll shut up when you do. Shouldn't be an empty chair in here. Should, even with me. You can blame me all you want. You're here. You can take it. Other people can take it too. Competing voices. You must identify them. And for many of us, including me, identify them out loud. That's carnal. That's the devil. That's the Holy Ghost. If you listen to your feelings, you're carnal. You bring your feelings and your thoughts into submission. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Bring them into submission. So here's the competing voices. Numbers 13, 27 through 33, and we're leaving after that. But I'm gonna have to pray over people. So we're gonna do that. Then they told him, and they said, these are the spies returning from spying out the promised land. Yahweh's promise to you was a land that flowed with milk and honey. And this was the response. And here's the thing. I don't look down on anybody because I've talked like this many times. I've told you I'm 54, and I wasted the first 51 years of my life. 
Big, giant swaths of it. It's an overstatement, but only slightly. Because I talk like this too. Then they told him and said, we went, the spies in the land, outside of Joshua and Caleb, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They brought back the fruit. It's big, giant fruit. Here it comes. This is King James, or New King James language. For Americans, it would be but. Here it's nevertheless. Nevertheless, but the people who dwell in the land are strong. Yahweh promised it to you. A 99.997% survival virus is going to run you off? Climate change? Transgenderism? Depression? Anxiety? Bipolar is going to run you off? Addiction? Bad relationships? See, it'll apply to anything and everything. A lot of you are great. You recognize tyranny. You're like, I stand. But you're depressed. You stand, but you bounce from one relationship to another. You can't ever be alone. You're at home alone. You're drawn to a bar because there's people there. This is you too. And it's been me many times for 51 years. Hey, Tom, are you living? I was not living in sin. So don't go off and live and say, Pastor Tom wasted all his time. So I'm going to waste all mine. I wasn't living in sin. I wasn't going to hell. I was just stupid. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Descendants of Anak came from the giants. So these were giant men. Big, giant people. Like I'm trying to use a decent name for not some celebrity idiot. It's hard now because everybody is. Picture a big, giant man. Like that Thor guy in the strongman contest. That's what these guys were. Giant men. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. We're finishing right here, so hang with me. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Overcome the giants. Overcome the walls. Overcome the fortifications. It's Yahweh. Well, you know, I tried it one time and it didn't work. You tried it one time? You ever heard of supplication where you do it over and over and over again? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving? You will break through. But the men, so he says, let's go. We can go overcome it right now. Three verses and we're going home. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people. These are people who watched the sea split in half and walked, and walked across on dry land. Who had food, my dream, my dream. Food falling from the sky. It's like one part of everybody loves Raymond. Or Robert is jumping all over Raymond's case and said, you're just like a fat kid at the end of a chocolate conveyor belt with his mouth open. That would be me. Ooh, wow, food. They watched food fall from the sky. They gathered up, these are people who gathered up the manna. 
He'd been out there for years. I forget how many days, do you remember what the actual trip days were? 10 days, that's all it was supposed to be. They've been out there for years watching miracles. That by this time, they had watched God open up the earth and swallow up idolaters amongst their own people. Miracle after miracle, and they said, but the men had gone up with him, said, we're not able to go against these people. God killed you guys. God can't kill them, for they are stronger than we. And we all moan and groan. We hear, that. oh, how dare they? So, how are you? What do you do then? What do you do? You have a bad feeling, and you tank it for the day. At least they were looking at giants. They're looking at Thor. You're looking at gas. And don't think I'm coming down on you. I just told you I wasted five decades looking at gas. I don't feel good today. I do feel good today. I feel bad today. This is bothering me. That's bothering me. The thing is, I've chosen to acknowledge it and repent. How about you? Are you going to build monuments and stay in there? Try to prove that you're right. I think you can never prove that you're right. You're going to get to heaven and God's going to have to wipe the tears from your eyes. Revelation 21, 4 and 5, because you'll realize I just, I wasted my time on earth and it ain't coming back. Amen. Ain't nobody who evangelized in heaven. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out saying, the land through which, through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Supposed to be now, Lord, look on your threats. Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. We're not to be looking like grasshoppers. The, the, the world should be scared of the church. Worship team, you can make your way. But in order, listen, we don't have anything unless you have Acts 1.8 but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Amen. Praise you, Lord. All right, here we go. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give people an opportunity to get their life right with God this morning. Now is your time. It all starts with transparency. Where do I stand? You already know. I'll make it clear for you. If you're living in sin in any way, shape, or form, living in it, not struggling with it, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. If you're living in sin, if you die today, you're going to hell. It's as simple as that. That's the Bible. People won't say that to you, but that's the truth. That's how Jesus talked. That's how we should talk. If that's you, understand it. People can think that you're righteous. You got your Bible fish cover. Maybe you got the dove I was talking about earlier. And everybody thinks that you're righteous, but you're addicted to pornography. You know you're going home right now to watch porn. You're in a hell-bound state. You're gonna go to hell if you die today. It's a dangerous place to live. Very dangerous place to live. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. It is a dangerous place. It can be any sin, lying, lust, Adultery, I'm talking about living in sin. And you're living in sin if you've never come to God and say, and said, forgive me of my sin. So you're living it, you, you own it. 
and you'll burn for it because then you have to pay the price for it. But Jesus came, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, would not die in hell, would not live in hell. Eternal, in eternal death would not perish but have eternal life. You may be stone cold right now. I look around while we're worshiping and I see the stone cold faces. Yes, we are going long today. Hope you're good with it. I see the stone cold faces. I feel bad for you because you don't realize how deceived you are. You don't get it. You're putting all your stock into, you know what, I, I get to drive a car, I'm gonna have relationships and have a job and all these, you're gonna be dead. Time goes by in a hurry, you're gonna die just like everybody else. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. Put all your stock into this life. Feel bad for you. And you're blowing this off right now. And this is the most important moment of your life to date, right now, right now. Because the great white throne judgment is not mythology, it's gonna happen. And you will face God. Think about your parents who are saved and you're not, or you're pretending like you are, they think you are. You'd be eternally separated from them too. There's no reason for it. All Jesus asks you for is everything. He gave everything, he's asking for everything in return. He's asking for your life. That's it. It's no big deal. You're miserable anyway. You might as well give it to them. Or you can do the rest. You can, you can be like most people and chase shadows for the rest of your life. <coughs> so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're ready to get your life right with God, if you're a backslidden believer, which means you're living in sin, not struggling with it, conceding to it, now is your time. If you've never been saved, now is your time. You're not joining this church. You're not joining a religious organization. You're joining the kingdom of God and you're on your way to heaven. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not taking you into a back room. I'm gonna ask you to do two things. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and I'm gonna ask you to pray with everybody else. Entire church is gonna pray with you. Nobody's gonna know you're praying. So this very easy, it's the easiest quote unquote altar call that there is. Is this right here, that's it. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, stretch your hand up right where you're at. Stretch your hand up high, high into the air. Praise you, Lord. I got you. I'm looking to my left, to my right. I got you to my left. Got you. Got you, got you, got you to center left. Got you. Got you, got you, middle right. Coming over to the right now. I got you. God bless you guys in the middle right. Got you, got you, bless you. How many of you wanted to raise your hands, but you didn't do it? If that was you and you know that it's you, do this, put both of them in the air right now. Say, that's me, that was me. Nobody's gonna know, I'm the only one looking, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, stretch your hands up in the air right now. Praise you, got you to my left, God bless you, got you. Those of you who lifted up your hands, the entire church is gonna pray this prayer with you out loud. You pray it. You mean it. Your sins are separated from you. As far as the east is from the west, separated from you. And you are what is called born again and saved. 
Pray this prayer out loud. The entire church is going to pray it with you. Here we go. Everybody together. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. Amen. Simple as that. Simple as that. Salvation is free, except what Jesus did. Praise you, Lord.